Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tony Johnson joins us, TJ. Super Rugby Melbourne. First of all, welcome in. And do you like the concept of all teams in one city as a starting point? Well, I think it was worth having another go, Staffy. Last year, it was a little bit disappointing and they just didn't get the crowds. And I wonder about Melbourne being the choice of venue because there's just so much going on there. And again, this weekend, uh, you know, all sorts of other sporting activity, a couple of big concerts. And I just wonder whether or not uh, there might be other places where they might be able to, you know, get a better... Um, you know, crowds over the weekend. Uh, I think last year there was a, uh, a, a huge big uh, AFL game on, um, which I think took a lot of attention away. But I, I, I do like the idea. It was certainly fun to be part of, and it was worth another crack. And the thing is, too, is that financially they've made it very viable, uh, very easy for the New Zealand teams to, um, in some cases, give up a home game because you, you don't have to worry. Yes, you got uh, a few costs involved with it, but... Uh, they they make money out of it. So from that point of view, sound financially for the participating teams. I just you know hopefully they'll they'll get some bigger uh, bigger crowd this year than they got last year. Yeah, I really do hope so. I I do agree with you. I think that it's the um, tourism uh, agency that has the biggest checkbook that seems to land these things, and they don't they don't really go where they think the population will will embrace it. But let's hope the crowds do turn up. Uh, Crusaders Highlanders traditionally is a good uh, southern derby, but as a contest, I don't know that we're going to be on the edge of our seat for too long, TJ. Well, after getting pummeled last week by the Blues, I suppose the worst possible opponent for uh, the Highlanders would have to be the Crusaders, wouldn't it? Because they were beaten, and they were well beaten. I think just I've been looking at some of the stats from that game last week. Yeah, 31-10 at home against the Chiefs. That's a fairly sizable defeat. And just a few alarming sort of stats there. I think you know the, the Chiefs they beat the, the defence 50 times. 50 defenders beaten. Uh, that's 50 missed tackles uh, by the Crusaders for a start. Uh, 14 clean breaks to one. So. I'd say, you know, combination of Chiefs, uh, very effective with their ball carrying. Once they got a roll going, Crusaders' defence, um, you know, they, they, they found some holes in it. Uh, so I, I, I imagine that they'll be uh, keen to bounce back from that. And so that, that's going to make it difficult um, for the Highlanders for sure. Yeah, well, uh, the Rebels, the host team, um, I don't know whether they're allowed to pick their opponent. I wouldn't pick the Hurricanes. Uh, second game in Australia. And I thought... Uh, and I know I'm a, I would do wear a Hurricanes hat, but I still thought their performance was admirable up in Townsville, searing heat, sweaty, uh, humid, the whole lot, a, a home team against them. While not perfect, I thought it was a pretty good first-up hit-out for the Hurricanes. I thought it was an excellent first-up performance. I mean, you, you know, you go to Australia uh, to take on the Reds in your first game and you, you run up 47 points, you'd take that any time, wouldn't you? Um, I think what impressed me is I think the coach got his tactics right. Uh, the, the idea of changing out his front row completely at half-time, and I think this is one of the areas where the New Zealand teams have got it over the Australians and the other teams in the competition, is strength and depth. 
And, I mean, the, the Chiefs have got phenomenal depth. The Blues have got phenomenal depth. We know all about the Crusaders. But here was the, the Hurricanes showing some depth when you can bring on Lomax uh, and Almoor at half time, a couple of All Blacks. Um, I think Mathalil was the other one, wasn't he? Uh, they come onto the game and, and, and after 40 minutes, um, it, and I think that was a smart move. I, I, Almoor, to me, I had a really, I had to pick the, the um, breakdown uh, team of the week and. I, I had uh, Samasoni Kalkiaho pretty much penned in, and then right at the last minute, I thought, you know what, Asapo Almora changed that game when he came mm. on, and I ended up giving it to him, which was a bit controversial, but I, I thought he was outstanding just with his you know, dynamic carrying of the ball. But also, uh, Lomax, you know, we, we've seen this guy just develop into a, a top-flight uh, tight head prop, and, uh, I, you know, that, that was... To me, that was one of the keys to the game. They just couldn't match them um, up front in terms of, you know, the just the, the presence and also the ball carrying. So, oh, look, I think they'd, they'd have to be really happy with that. And, and I would say off the back of that, uh, pretty good chance to beat uh, the, the Rebels this week. Yep, and I think the Chiefs were so, so impressive last week. Gosh, I couldn't believe I was watching a first-round match um, I was incredibly impressed with them across the park, TJ. Uh, the big question mark was going to be Damien McKenzie. I've taken a long time for me to be convinced he's a 10. He pretty much convinced me last week. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't uh, start brilliantly. Uh, you know, he, he, a couple of kicks, I think, didn't fly off the boot all that well early on. But as the game wore on, started to break up. I mean, he, he was in the ascendancy. And, of course, Richie Moonga playing behind a pack that was on, you know, to a degree on the back foot uh, for a fair bit of the game, just didn't get that same leeway. And so he was able to cut his capers. But a really good supporting cast. I think they got great value out of their big-name players. And up front, it was just so good to see Brody Retallick back, at, you know, looking like his absolute best. Um, I mentioned Tokiaho as well. Um and, and I thought Sam Kane had a really rock-solid game as well. And, and they kind of set things uh, up. And then you just, you've got in that back line, you've got the combination of the sort of mercurial brilliance and Stevenson just doing some remarkable things, but also solid as well, Nankerville. Uh, that, that was a really good performance. Of course, they come up against a Moana Pacifica team that'll be gutted, having led until about the, what, 78th, 79th minute of the game last week only to lose to the Fijian Tour. That, that, that'll be hard for them to park that, come back and take on what looks like a pretty strong Chiefs team. Although I think the Chiefs are making changes, aren't they, for that game? Yes. Um, I haven't seen the team yet, but that is my understanding. Just on the Moana-Fijian Drua game last week, from what you saw, and I, I'm still happy to take a watching brief, are you happy with what you've seen from them, given that they've... You know, they're newish to the competition and they went up against each other. What did you think about their performances, given that they are quite new? Well, the game was everything that you'd hoped it would be. Uh, you know, there were quite a few turnovers and mistakes here and there, but some of the rugby was absolutely terrific. Um, you know, and the Fijian Brewer did really well because they got off to a... Or Wana Pacifica got off to a really great start, but they just hung in there and there's, there's, there's a lot of brilliance in that team. Uh, you know, the, the, the benchmark we know is when they'll play uh, stronger teams. Uh, the Drua played the Waratahs this week. I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't rule them out of winning that game. Um, I'm not sure how, how good the Waratahs are going to be again this year. Uh, Moana, different story up against the Chiefs. But look, the, the thing is, 
they're still very early on in their in their journey, aren't they? Um, Moana Pacifica had such a horrendous start last year when they got the COVID. I think they weren't even able to take part in the uh, Super Weekend last year. So it, it, that's um, it's an ongoing story for them. I, I still hope that uh, as, as well as picking up talent uh, locally from around New Zealand, from around the, 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 the islands, that these guys in time will be strong enough and develop, you know, get the budgets that will enable them to bring some really good players back from overseas. That's what I'd really love to see from those teams. But just in terms of the sheer uh, entertainment and that uh, Pacifica uh, style of rugby that they bought last year, it, it, I thought it was not just the game. I mean, the whole, um, you know, some of the things they put on there for the fans, the singing, the dancing, just the atmosphere. It wasn't a huge crowd, but boy, it was a noisy one. I, I thought it was a, a, just a, a really great afternoon at the footy. Yeah, I did too, and um, I thought it was brilliant. Um, Sunday, we see the Blues against... It might be too soon to say the Brumbies are the best team in Australia, but they, they, they probably will end the season as the best. Have they got enough to trouble the Blues? I, I, look, I, I'd say that right from the off, that they are going to be Australia's top hope, the Brumbies. Uh, you know, they're the one side in Australia that have got a pretty good bench. And we saw it last week where they were able... Uh, they, you know, they only beat the Waratahs by, what, six points. Um, so, you know, that, that wasn't a commanding um, victory. But uh, to me, one of the, the keys to it was just who they were able to bring off the bench. You know, the likes of Nick White and uh, Darcy Swain, players like that. So they, they have got a bit of um, depth up their sleeve. And look, this is a really important one for Australia. They, they don't want to start, you know, the, the worst thing that could happen for the Australian point of view is for them to, you know, suffer a, 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 a bunch of losses early on to the New Zealand teams and... and the old here we go again sort of thing. Um, so there's there's a lot riding on their shoulders, but, man, the Blues were so good last week against the Highlanders. They just looked so strong right across the park. They looked like a team on a mission. If they if they can keep their troops, you know, fighting fit, then they're going to be hard for anyone to beat, and, and that includes the Brumbies. Um, and the Brumbies might try and slow it down a little bit, which is a lot harder to do now that we've got these new conditions in terms of speed to the break, uh, speed to the lineouts and the scrums and what have you. I think the Blues get a roll going. I, I, I just can't see them losing. Yeah, that's very, very deep side. I'm not going to. I'm not intentionally snubbing the Force and Reds, uh, TJ, but I did want to ask you about Super Rugby Opiki. Um, fantastic news that uh, Matatu picked up their first win in the competition. Uh, had Grace Brooker on the show yesterday. Absolutely delighted with it. But she, along with me, disappointed that after winning the Rugby World Cup that captured New Zealand's minds and hearts, they've got a four-week competition. Uh, three rounds, then a final, then it's done. It, um, I hope that changes soon because it was pretty good footy on display again in the weekend. Yeah, it, it still looks a little bit like, um, you know, this is the least we can do. Um, and that's yeah. all we're going to do, isn't it, uh, with, with just a four-week competition. To me, you know, if they're really serious about cashing in on the wonderful success of last year, they should at least be home and away. Yeah. But to me, you know, I, I think where they've missed the boat is that they've got a pretty good competition going in Australia as well. Why why aren't we combining them? Why aren't we making a women's Super Rugby Pacific competition? Because I think Fiji could probably put a pretty good team in as well. And that's that's what really bugs me, that, you know, that there was a great opportunity there to bring an international element into it. What we're seeing is great. And look, the crowd, uh, you know, I saw the... Um, 
the, uh, the game in uh, the Hurricanes game. I mean, they got a really good turnout for that. Um, but, uh, you know, to me, you added an international flavour to it and it just takes it to another level and I'm disappointed that they haven't done that. Yeah, and Grace pointed out yesterday, um, you know, we will start losing players to Super Rugby in Australia, to NRLW, and even to Premiership Rugby in the UK. We're going to be losing some uh, in the in the short term. Last thing, TJ, the Ian Foster saga. Um, it hasn't been resolved. It's probably going to carry on for a long time. It look, almost looks like a fait accompli that Scott Robertson's going to get named in April. Ian Foster's not happy about it. He's not going to reapply. It's been a bit of a shambles. Well, if it is a fait accompli, then, then, then it shouldn't be um, because there are other strong candidates for this. And if, and if, and if that's what this is all about, uh, then I, I, to me that would be pretty disappointing. I, I, what I want to know is, and we talk like this vague sort of notion of four to six weeks, as, I, as I've said. Um, and, and again, I just want to repeat because, I mean, I saw someone had a bit of a go in the, one of the papers the other day and, and talking about, um, foster files, you know, sticking up for him or whatever. I made my comments last week. I said, I made the point that it, I wasn't saying it, that, that I felt that Ian Foster is or ever was the best man for the job. What I'm saying is that because he's the incumbent coach, he doesn't deserve to have all this palaver going on. And it almost sort of has a look at that he's almost been hounded into saying that he's not going to uh, apply for the job. Uh, next year, but but to me, uh, this is not a one-horse race. Um, Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown have got strong credentials for this job. Um, uh, you know, you could argue that um, the process um, last time was a matter of rubber stamping the the recommendation of a, a, a previous coach. And what I want to know is how broadly are they going to canvas the candidates? Mm. Um, is there? Uh, you know, um, an expert expectation um, that the board uh, are going to make this decision, and is there the expertise on the board that to make this really important decision, or are they going to rely on the, uh, I guess, the recommendations of former coaches? And I think they have to be really, really careful how they go about that. Uh, there, there's a lot that we need to know. Uh, to, to me, this whole thing has has, has been sham, a shambolic. It's been messy. And, and it's been unpleasant, and I don't think it's done anything uh, from in terms of how it might be impacting on the coach to help New Zealand's job um, of, of, of trying to win the World Cup this year. Mm, yeah, I, I hope they take some lessons from what, uh, I was going to say what they've done, from what they haven't done, really. Uh, do, do you feel like that's a possibility? Sorry, I, I missed that, Staffy. The, just the lack of communication and the smoke and mirrors that's been going on for months and months and months. They haven't they haven't made clear decisions and haven't shared with the stakeholders what's actually going on. Everyone's been left in the dark. Do you think they'll learn lessons from this and improve in the future? Well, I hope so. And the first thing I'd like to to, to see is that you know this really is a transparent process, and this just isn't about channeling one person into the job. I'm not saying he wouldn't be a good All Black coach, not at all. Um, mm. but, but this has to be an open process in which they, you know, put the feelers out to get, a, you know, who, whoever many candidates into the job. It's not just about channeling one person in. And, and as I say, that's where we need some clear communication. And it, we, we haven't really had that at any stage throughout this whole process. I mean, the whole business last year where it looked like he was about to be fired and then he wasn't about to be fired. They made one good decision, and that was when they changed the coaching staff. That was a really good piece of work. Uh, and, and I think, you know, they got real benefits out of that. 
But uh, you know, as I say, it's just it's it's been messy, and it really isn't something that need, in my opinion, needed to be going on, um, and, and particularly you know ahead of the World Cup. Perfect, TJ. You enjoy this uh, weekend's rugby. I, I welcomed it back with open arms, and I wasn't disappointed. I love the rule changes, well, the modifications and the clock and the, the speeding up of the game. I'm reinvigorated for the 15-man game. Good man. Okay, Steph. Cheers, TJ. There he is, the great man, TJ. Tony Johnson from Sky Sport. We'll take a break. We'll be back after that.